Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw. First and down. And leaps his tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done 3 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. How we doing? Can't guard me, bro. <laughs> I got something for you. I think I, I had a problem. I moved to back to Florida, yep. and I think something that's very underrated until you lose it and like you don't know. So I can't find anybody to give me a good haircut. <laughs> like, I had a girl in Connecticut that was just – she's like just the way I liked it, just perfect. I knew I didn't have to do anything. I've had three different haircuts. One was like chopped off way too short, like just scalped me. Yep. And I was like, oh, thanks. So then I think I scared off a different lady yesterday because I was like, hey, I was like, don't go I, – I got butchered last time. She hardly even cut it. Like oh, I don't even notice that I got a cut. I think it's a very underrated thing. Like when you find that sweet spot of somebody that cuts your hair – like, it's just a really good thing. You obviously don't have much of a problem with no, that. No, I'm good now. I'm good. But I got boys that need haircuts. And I, yeah. I feel like like barbers are something you got to, like, break in. Are you the guy who, like, just bolts? If I give you a bad haircut, you're just going to leave me? You're never going to come back? Or are you going to try to, like, you know, talk me through what you want? Because right. we can work this out, I feel. Like, with the barber, I give them, like, two or three cuts. And if I can't get you where I want you to be as my barber, yeah. it's like like one of my like an early girlfriend. It's like like a we're going to try to work with you. It's a relationship. Right. There's communication skills that are involved, and once you find it, you need to lock it down. Got to lock that down. Uh, we got a ton of stuff to get to. We got the college football playoff rankings came out. LeBron gets ejected for the first time in his career. <laughs> Tiger Woods is back this yeah. weekend. Ton of stuff to get to. Let's do it. Our plan was to do what we do. You know what we do. That's what we did. <laughs> that's how we roll. That's a keep to leave talking about his tussle yeah. with Michael Crabtree. But that's how we're going to roll today, too. Okay. All right. Eli Manning, 210 starts consecutive, which is insane when you think about the longevity of that streak. Uh, two Super Bowls under his belt. And the Giants are imploding. And so what does Ben, McAdoo, ben McAdoo decide to do? He said, all right, we're going we're gonna to look to the future. We're going to move on. We're going to break that streak. We're going to... Go to Geno Smith, maybe Davis Webb as well as the season is, is done for the playoffs. And uh, it did not go over so well with Eli. Hardest, hardest day as a Giant, you would say? Uh, it's up there, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you might have started your last game for the Giants? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'll uh, take one, one week at a time. If you see the video, you could see he was on the verge of tears. Yeah. Like he was emotional about it. He's 36 years old, never had to deal with this type of scenario uh i thought it was awful i thought it's been handled bad to be fair let's give ben McAdoo a chance let's hear what he had to say each and every week our number one job is to win a football game uh, we're two and nine right now we have five left to play we're out of contention and um, our number one job is to still win football games but it's my responsibility to make sure we have a complete evaluation of the roster top to bottom especially at the quarterback position moving on to next season and uh, with that, we're going to start Gino this week and give him an opportunity to show what he can do. You know what needs to be evaluated? Or maybe doesn't need to be evaluated <laughs> anymore at this point. Your ass. Like, you, that's where it needs to start. I'm, I'm off Ben McAdoo. If he comes back next year as the Giants head coach, I never liked the Giants to begin with. I'm like anti-New York when it comes to sports. But I, I, will, I personally will fly to New York and protest outside the gates of the damn stadium. Like, this is a joke at this point. It's a joke. Like, Eli Manning 
say what you want about the performances this year. Like I could go down the stats, like 24th in the league, like passer, what is that, uh, rating and, mm-hmm. and the 14 TDs to seven or seven. Like I could, could go down. Here's what he has done. He's brought two championships, two Super Bowls to the Giants. He has started for it's a decade. Like yeah. he's a, he's a career starter and you are going nowhere this year. And organizationally, you don't treat franchise players like this on their way out the door. You just don't do it. And it would be one thing if you had a gem that you got in the draft. First rounder. That yeah. you were trying to see what he looked like. No knock on Geno Smith, local kid from Miramar. He ain't it. All right? <laughs> he is what he is. Let Eli ride out into the sunset, uh, you know, on his horse. Say goodbye. You know, move in the next direction next year. But don't do that to a cat like Eli right now. To be fair. I think the Giants do need to evaluate their future. I think there's a better way to go about it. I think it's too soon now with five games left. I think you only need a, a couple games to figure that out. And you should be able to figure it out in practice and other places as well. You can figure it out in the offseason. Sure. Um, I also think Eli Manning is overrated. When you look at the overall legacy, I think he gets, he's known as the two Super Bowls. And everybody goes, oh, two Super Bowls. Are gonna... I think he throws a lot of interceptions. But that's the way he plays. He's never changed. Even when they won the Super Bowls, he had right. interceptions those years. Uh, but in saying that, they should have handled this better. Now, they did ask him if he wanted to start so he could continue his streak and he would play a half and come out. And Eli's like, what? You're, you're, I'm going to start a game knowing that I'm going to get benched, knowing right. that you're going to take me out? He didn't want any part of that. This, to me, is a Hail Mary from Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese saying, man, if we can get one of these guys to show us something, maybe we save save our jobs. But to me... This is about moving on for the future from the front yeah, office. Yeah, move, on, move, on, from, move even, on from Ben McAdoo, please. If this was okayed from the Mara family, it probably means the end for Eli Manning. And good for Eli because I think there's a really good landing spot for him. Jacksonville, like I wish Eli would have forced the hand and said, you know what, trade me. Mm-hmm. Get me out of here. Get me to Jacksonville. They're a playoff team ready to go right now at the end of this season to make a run. They need a quarterback. Send me there. Denver. Not going to make the playoffs this year, but maybe he follows in the footsteps of his brother who has a good relationship with Elway in the office, the front office there. Yep. Maybe he goes to Denver and, and has a similar kind of resurgence after an impressive run with New York. He goes to Denver. There are a, a, at least probably a dozen teams that would say, give us Eli. And so I think Eli is going to be fine, but I do think it's probably the end of his run. And don't forget Tom Coughlin, his old coach, is in Jacksonville. Like, why not try to work that out and make it happen? Those are even – that's even more of a reason why you don't treat him like that on the way out because the opportunity was there for him this year. He saw what this looked like. Like, it – the wheels were off of this train early in the season, and and a guy of lesser character may have may have said, "Hey, dude, I'm out." Yeah. Like, but I think Eli, he's class. He is class, right? And I I agree with you, man. That legacy is is surely like it's bolstered by a couple Super Bowls, right? There's there's a lot of gray area, if you will, in between on where he falls in the in the hierarchy of quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls and so on and so forth. But he's classy, and I just don't I don't think you do it like that, and you know. McAdoo, I've been yelling this from the beginning of the season. And I, I, you know, I'm one of those guys that I read body language. Um, I, I read between the lines. I'm not just listening to what you have to say. And I watched him in an early press conference when this thing, when people were like, what's up with the, with the Giants? And I was like, he is. <laughs> what he's doing in that press conference right now is what's wrong with them. And, and I, for, I, I, I just believe 100% unequivocally that that is an issue. Not, there are a bunch of them, but McAdoo is an issue. Him at your press conferences representing, looking like he has no idea what he's doing up there, just talking out of both sides of his mouth, that's an issue. Uh, sometimes you just know uh, when you look at a person, body language, presence, yep. leadership, all those things that you need in a head coach. Sometimes you just know from the minute they 
put Ben McAdoo and they named him the head coach, I was skeptical. So ah, this guy doesn't appear like a head coach, doesn't dress like a head coach, doesn't have a haircut like a head coach. Right, like, and he's right. gone with this new slick back look to try to boo the Pat Riley look right. of the Knicks. You Beat can't it. pull that off. Beat it. it just has never fit. And I think this is the beginning of the end. And it's just sad that one of the most impressive streaks of all time uh, is not going to be challenged because he can't catch his brother Peyton, and he's not going to catch Brett Favre either. Now I'm not even an Eli fan, bro. I, right? I, I, this just reeks of like this is as a former professional athlete, like watching one of my guys get long in the tooth, and and you just don't treat him like that on the way out, and, and you just don't do it. Yeah. Uh the other big news, NBA news. LeBron yeah. James <laughs> is playing last night, and something occurred for the first time in his entire career. Wasn't a point. Wasn't anything great point. Total. Right. He gets ejected from a game. Goes after an official, uh, Kane Fitzgerald. He went after an official. <laughs> oh, my well, God. So he was he ejected. After the... Now, there was a drive down the lane. There was some right. contact. Was not called. He immediately comes out, goes after the ref. Didn't seem too egregious, but Kane Fitzgerald, the official, uh, wasn't having any of it. Now, you want to hear his explanation? No, nope, not really. I don't. We, he said after, this was his explanation for why he tossed LeBron. He said, quote, he turned and threw an air punch directly at me, and then he aggressively charged at me, and then he used vulgarity in my ear a few times. That's Kane Fitzgerald. Yeah. He used vulgarity. To say, okay, now, grow up. <laughs> yes. Grow Is, up, are Kane any of these excuses to kick to to throw out LeBron James from yeah. the game? Yeah, and what he did there is what like you see like the NFL uh, commissioner and stuff doing when they're using language like quote unquote language that is that is in the CBA like that's language that's in the NBA rule book. So that's right, so technically no, technically he's defending technically why he threw LeBron out. What I'm telling you, the reason he threw LeBron out is because he's five nine. And there's a six eight dude coming at him yelling and screaming because he made a bad call. He was embarrassed because it was a damn foul. And he got all up in a tiss like most of them do when they're approached by these dudes. Here's what I think. I think the NBA needs to have a six three minimum rule for referees. Really? Too many of them walk around five ten, big chest out, big biceps, been lifting weights for the last seven years, and just get offended and, and put on edge too easily by these big dudes who they're refing. I think there needs to be a minimum height requirement for NBA. So refs. too many guys with a Napoleon complex. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's all of them. Look, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a direct correlation between the size of an NBA referee and the amount of technicals he hands out. I, I lived it. I promise you. I don't have the data. I didn't do research, but it's there. You can find it. Take that for data. Man, that's our boy David Fisdale, who we're going to get to in a minute. But I want to follow up on the ref stuff. Yeah. Like the language that goes on the court. Is that ever an excuse? Like is there certain words that you couldn't say to a ref? Like if you dropped an F-bomb or you called him directly, is that a reason for ejection? Is that enough? Or is it different refs you have relationships with? Yeah. Like, there, And do you get do you get to know refs? Yeah, you do. And I, I look – I. I'm a little sensitive because I got kicked out of a few games and I got a lot of texts. But generally speaking, a lot of those dudes are great dudes. Like, and, and you do get to know them. Right. Uh, they get to know you. Um, and and look, generally speaking, if I'm being honest, like the better play you are, the more you get away with. Absolutely. I've heard Dirk Nowitzki. And that's probably why LeBron was so shocked that he wasn't getting the calls. And look, he didn't do anything. What he did last night, that you don't kick him out for that. Not LeBron. Like I've heard Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash and 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 you know uh, Mike Finley and dudes like that say some really really off the wall stuff to refs, and they just kind of turn and walk the other way. And like a player like me, I'd say, hey man, that was a terrible call, Bob Tech. You know, like so <laughs> yeah. it, it happens. Right. Um, but yeah, relationships are involved. Um, history, obviously, like you know Rashid Wallace and Ron Artest and Stephen Jackson. You got a history there. They're quick with the text. Boogie Cousins. Um, 
I lost my train of thought a little bit, but but point being, like you have to know who you're dealing with as a referee. And I had an instance. It was a young ref in Charlotte, and I just got traded. I was really frustrated. wasn't making any shots. Probably feeling sorry for myself that I wasn't in Phoenix anymore. And Eli, I forget his last name, but he was a rookie referee. Um, blatant foul. Ben Gordon hits me on the arm. I, I airball a shot, right? And I go over to him and I say, hey, Eli, man, do you think like I would not? I would not miss a shot. By like by that much, he fouled me on the arm. He's like, "You just need to be a better shooter." <laughs> oh no! Right. He did so not. now I'm upset. So See, I, that's what I think. I think the officials should not be allowed to talk. Right? Like, they can't talk trash. The, but they did, he did, and so I called him a prick. When I call him a prick, he kicked me right out of the game. So <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, but that's I, messed up. He can't bait you into that. What does he think you're going to be quiet? But if you do that, if you get into a, like calling them names and, and going after them personally, they're going to get rid of you. An air punch and telling somebody he made a bad call, I don't think that's an, uh, an ejectable offense. No, Kyle Korver had his reason, right? It's funny because when you're not on the bronze team, you're like, man, that guy gets every call. And then you come on his team and you're like, man, that guy never gets any calls. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Wait, it's, that's it's, a good teammate who has his back, right? It is, but it couldn't be more true. I mean, I played against LeBron. For, I don't know, six, seven years. And I just thought he got every single call in the world. And then when I sat in the front office and you watch those games, um, he just, he gets fouled so many times and they don't call it because he's so guys big. bounce off of it. Yeah, him. he's so strong. And, and it's, it's really tough for the refs, right? Like I work with a local high school team now and we're teaching them to play defense and trying to change the culture there. And I'm telling them to get up, get into your man, be aggressive. A referee can't call it all night. And that's really, that's what it is, right? LeBron goes to the hole 12 times. He gets fouled 11. You, you can't call all 11. There's got to be a, you know, at some point you got to stop blowing the whistle. Is it fair to LeBron? No, but it's the reality. All right, we're going to reach out to Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, and see if we can get this rule implied. Height requirement. 6'3", high requirement. Height I think requirement. in 2017 that's probably not going to go over so well. Yeah. It's going to be uh, height discrimination <laughs> is the way it's going to be viewed. So I don't know if we get that uh, pulled off or not, but we'll reach out to Adam Silver, see if we can get him on the show. Uh, Debo, get on that. See if we can come on as a guest. All right, let's do our power rankings. The yeah. way I want to do it with the NBA is I don't think we need, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I don't think we need to see number one. Like, you could go and try to make your case that somebody else is better than the Warriors, but I think the Warriors are the super team for a reason. Yep. It doesn't matter who's hurt or not. They're going to be the best team, the number one seed in the playoffs. Okay. Regardless of where they're actually seated, they're going to be the toughest team to knock out. Yeah. So give me your two through five in uh, the NBA okay, of their so power rankings. All the right? segment so, will just be two through five because we're not five. even touching. Okay. That's it. Two through five is all we need. Uh, two through five. Let's see. I, I, the Rockets are playing great. So okay. I'll put the Rockets there. I like, I, I, I don't know if that's sustainable in the playoffs. Although I've always said it, it could be. So I'm going to say with the Rockets, I like the Cavs. Anytime you got LeBron, um, not just the nine game winning streak, but I believe that whatever team LeBron's on has a very good chance. So I'm going to say Le- LeBron and the, and the Cavs three. Um, let's see, maybe Spurs four. Once they get Kawhi back, uh, Tony Parker coming back, they're already playing well. Uh, and then, um, you know, right now you're asking me power rankings right now. I'll go with the Celtics because they've been playing well. They've lost a couple. Disrespectful to the Celtics. They can't get opinion. it done. There's no way they can get that done in the playoffs without. Why not? If Kyrie doesn't score, they can't win. And this is all well and good in the regular season when you're flying from place to place and nobody's game planning for you necessarily. And it's a quick shoot around. But once teams dig into that in a seven game series, Kyrie ain't beating you. So you're not into Kyrie. It's basically I love Kyrie. But I you're not Kyrie. but you don't believe in him as the ability to I do. be the lead guy to carry this team. I do. I don't think they have enough around him. I, I think like if you paired him and he was the number one guy and you had Gordon Hayward, then I then I'd give you much more of a fighting chance. But the rest of that roster, 
Like Al Horford, you have to spoon feed him, right? You, you got to get him shots. He's a great scorer, like jump shooter from from a five spot. But he, you got to f- spoon feed him. Jason Tatum's a baby. Um, Jalen Brown is 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 much improved, but he ain't carrying you from night to night. So that leaves Mark Smart can't throw it in the pier from the in the ocean from the pier. So you, it leaves Kyrie. And if you take him away, there's just not enough firepower there. Here's what I learned when I do college football: if you've earned it. And you got a 16-game win streak. I'm giving you credit for I'm that. So for it. that, I'm going for two. Okay. I'm going Celtics two. I'm going to put the Rockets right behind them. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go with the Cavs. Who has, I, and I, I'm with you. Normally, I would lean to anybody with LeBron James on it. It's there. But I feel like this team has real issues. Okay. And I, don't, I, don't, I still think they're figuring out piece of the puzzle, which you could say they've done this every year. The LeBron's been – whether it was with the Heat, there was a t- they were trying to figure out things with the big three earlier. Yeah. Whether it was uh, last season, they were, earlier in the season, they were figuring things out. When it was when he took off two weeks in the middle. There's yep. always been drama surrounding LeBron. He usually does tend to figure it out. But I'm with you. Uh, I'm going to go with your talk about the Celtics. I don't know if LeBron has the pieces in the puzzle that he needs that it could be a bigger challenge for him than it's ever been Can before. I give you a stat? Yeah. Last nine games for the Cavs, they're giving up 102 points a game. Mm-hmm. The previous nine to that, they were giving up 117 a game. <laughs> 117. So what it says to me is, like, the the jury is out on whether he's got enough pieces. I tend to believe that he does. But they are now starting to put stock in defending. And when they do that, um, it, it, he's not going to need as much offensive support. They're not going to have to hang 125 on the, on everybody. Does and that say Derek Rose is really bad at defense? Because <laughs> it coincides with his injury. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, I might say something about what, what Derek Rose was in that locker room. I mean, I don't, I don't know D Rose personally, but they're, that, that's a hell of a coincidence. What, t- let, what is going on with Derek Rose? Like, what do you see this from the outside? Cause he's, he's obviously conflicted. He doesn't know where he's at with his career. Uh, he's been plagued with injuries ever since he, you know, lost yeah. and had the ACL. Uh, he hasn't been the same player. He's been AWOL at times when it with the Knicks and he doesn't show up. Like just what's, I see a very immature, borderline not smart yeah. player and professional. And I think now he's having some serious issues and whether he sees his career going forward. I feel bad for Derrick Rose. Um, I've always seen Derrick Rose and thought that there was something a little different going on there like mm-hmm. you know not just different like he looks like he marches to the beat like of his own drum like if you have a whole group over here and you're one team he always seemed to be that one guy that was over there which is it's not unique to stars like sometimes they are their own entity on a team but he just looked different like like maybe he was just kind of doing his own thing and so um the more of a sample size I get with him like later in his career the more I realize like there is something going on I think he's just you know, I think he's confused. I think he probably has always played basketball um, because people realized at a young age that he was really, really explosive and really, really good at it. I don't know that he loves it. Like, I don't know. And, and that's cliche. I know a lot of people say that about guys, but no, I, I really to. don't know that he loves it, you right. know? Um, and I feel bad because I think you see a, a guy who's who feels like probably for his family he needs to play because that's been his identity. That's been his family's identity, D. Rose's family. Mm-hmm. So there's some obligation there. And I've, I've lived that. Like, like you know, the NBA became a huge part of my family. I never got pressured to keep playing. But I could imagine someone like D. Rose, um, if if your family really loves the limelight and stuff like that, that's a, that's a tough thing to weigh, whether I shut this down or whether I keep it going for them, up the money. Right. You know, that's a lot of money. He's talking about $80 million maybe from Adidas. And I just – I think his heart is not in it. But for other reasons, he can't walk away. And he will not succeed. 
moving forward if he doesn't love it. Like that's, and I've, I've told you this before. That's why I wasn't good in the NFL. It's because I didn't love it. Like I did it because it presented opportunity. Uh, I had a nice paycheck. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to keep that going. But ultimately, I didn't love the sport. I love yeah. the limelight. Like I love playing. I love getting in games, but I didn't love the work that it took to be a professional. And that's the difference for guys that are good to great to like, I think LeBron James loves the sport of basketball. Right. I think Kobe, MJ, all of them love the sport of basketball and they love the preparation to, of what it took to be that great. If you don't have that, it's a grind. It becomes like a job and then you become average and then you want to quit. And I think yeah. that's where Derek Rose is yeah. right now. It's, it's, and it's much easier to your point when you're young, you don't have kids. Yeah. You don't have a family. It's just you. Like what else you can do? Right. Like you, you go and, out. and before you're hurt, like then you start getting yes. injuries and then you're like, man, do I want to play through this pain? Nah, I'm not going to sign up. I'm so, not going to suit up tonight. This is a different, different topic, but when he was early in his league, every, every, early in his career, everyone in the league loved D Rose. Like he mm-hmm. was this new thing. And I admittedly, I was not a big fan. Like I didn't think that, you know, maybe because I played with AI, um, that the stature of, of a guy and the style, um, they didn't fit like long for longevity, like for overall, like, career success like you're going to get injured a lot when you're that size and you don't shoot the ball and all you do is attack the rim and rely on athleticism and he was russell westbrook before russell westbrook right but even right right but smaller um and russell westbrook developed a jumper he's not a great jump shooter but russell westbrook developed that pull up and transition it's virtually unguardable when he's coming at you full speed and going straight in the air derrick rose never really rounded out his game so he was having all this success and just playing above the rim and at a light speed and, and just, you know, unguardable, but never really added to his game from summer to summer. And then when you start getting injured or you start getting older and you haven't added these pieces, um, you're still playing like you were before you were injured and you're not the same person. And so that, that, you know, I wasn't in his camp. Like it might not have made a difference, but I wish somebody had got to him and said, listen, man, we got to start building now. Yeah. Just, just be, in case any of this starts happening, we need to start building. Yeah. No doubt. It's, uh, it's sad to see the way was somebody with so much talent. It might be the end of his career when you're looking at it. Something else in the NBA happened, uh, last week that I was pretty su- surprised at. And that was David Fisdale getting fired. Yeah. Now I thought he was a guy who was starting to make waves. He had his epic rant last season, you know, was trying to knock off. Uh, who was it? The Warriors they were playing in that series? Spurs. The Spurs in that series when he was trying to knock them off. I thought the players liked him. Now, he lost eight games in a row, but this early in the season, I thought this might have been more about a relationship with Marcus Uh, and I've, I have a belief. You yeah. tell me if I'm wrong on this. I've had this for a few years now. I think being a head coach in the NBA is the toughest coaching job in all professional sports because the players make so much money because one player can, has so much power, can yeah. make such a difference on a team because the player's money's guaranteed. I just feel like it's a really, you basically have to keep guys happy and your best players, you have to keep happy. So how do you coach hard? How do you get into guys? How do you chew them out? If you're thinking in the back of your mind, this guy better like me at the end of the day or else right. I could be gone. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, very difficult job. I mean, I've, I haven't done it and, and I don't have experience in the other major sports, so it's hard for me to say, but it is difficult and I've watched guys struggle with that, um, money's guaranteed. Um, the only situation I think that I've been in uh, where management would choose a player over a coach was probably when Mike D'Antoni left Phoenix and we had Terry Porter come in. And you could name the number of players that management would have sided, on, sided with. Like Steve Nash, they were definitely firing Terry before they got rid of Steve. Um, Grant, no, not Grant Hill probably, but like uh, – Shaquille O'Neal, Amari Stoudemire, like all of those guys would have stayed. Most of my other situations have been like 
coaches were, you know, they were Hall of Fame guys. Like you had Don Nelson. They weren't getting rid of Don. <laughs> right. Uh, Larry Brown, um, Jerry Sloan. And so, you know, I, I've always been on teams where people, for the most part, bought in. Uh, it would, be, you know, it would be ultra frustrating for me being an old school guy to be trying to coach a team and having that one guy who is the alpha, who's the best player, not buying in. Like you, you literally can't get anything done if the rest of your team is sitting around looking at, let's use Marc Gasol, for instance. Like David Fisdale, I know Fizz. Like Fizz lived in my building in Miami. He's a cool-ass cat. Like, and the way, he's, the way he came out in that press conference and defended his team, like that's who he is. Mm-hmm. Most guys really dig that. They get down with that. It would be impossible for Fizz to get anything done if Marc Gasol was sitting over there in the corner. Even if it was just Marc Gasol and everybody else was in, if he's standing over there in that corner sulking and not buying in, that just affects everybody else. And then when you subtract, when you subtract Debo, I mean Zebo, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Debo's our producer. <laughs> when you subtract Zebo and Tony Allen, yeah. who are tough, hard-nosed, grinding dudes, when you subtract them from that equation and he's still trying to preach that, like they might have been the only two dudes who could keep Gasol in check mm-hmm. and have him on the reservation – I mean, that was just the writing on the wall. LeBron voiced his support. He said, I need some answers. Feels like my man was a fall guy. A ton of guys around the league voiced their support for him. Definitely a shocker uh, in the NBA when you look at the way that unfolded. Uh, I want to do some college football, but I, I thought the rankings last night were kind of boring. Yeah. You know, the selection committee came out. There wasn't really any surprise. I was fired up because the fact that they still don't have the respect, in my mind, for Wisconsin that I feel like they should. Wisconsin ran the table for an entire regular season. Who were they better than? Uh, who, Wisconsin? Like in this top four, who are they, who are like, what are you being? It doesn't about? matter to me. I think they should be number one because they're 12 and 0. Like, and it does, like, and I would pick every other team to beat them. Like, I think Clemson's better than them. Auburn, Oklahoma are all better than them. But the fact that you so ran UC- the table, they should have the number one UCF seed. UCF should be in the top. Like, I have UC- them at five. I have UCF, UCF at okay, five. Okay, so you're being now, consistent. I, I am, absolutely. Now, the reason I'm, I don't, I wouldn't have, uh, UCF two is right. because there is a difference playing group of five schedule. Sure. The American Conference, not quite the same as the Power Five Conference. Yep. But I still think UCF should get more love than they are. I thought that was offensive that they're 14. Like that to me is the committee not watching any tape. Like they are not watching games. If they have that little respect for UCF who is blowing out opponents all season long and just beat a really good South Florida squad uh, in their final regular season game. Wisconsin would be Clemson. No. I don't think that's the case, but the, uh, but here's what here's what I'm saying. Right. I feel like Wisconsin has earned, earned the yes, right because there's to be that there's one. that thing. Who do you think is the best team? Like the eye test, yeah. and who do you think deserves it? I think Wisconsin deserves the number one seed because they haven't lost anybody. I think Wisconsin can beat Syracuse. You know, yeah, uh, even that. without their starting quarterback, I, I think that. they could do it. I so that. I, that's my problem with it. And Auburn has, and I think Auburn's the best team in the country. I think they might go on to win the national championship. But to have them over Oklahoma and Wisconsin, I think that's way too much favoritism for the SEC. I think that's blatantly looking at them saying, you know what, they have two losses, but we don't care. They lost two games. No, there I agree. has to be a penalty for that, especially when we're talking about seeding, which could have home field-ish implications because the top seeds are going to – if you're Clemson or Auburn, you want to play in New Orleans. For your fan base, you don't right. want to have to go out to Pasadena and play out there. So well, Clemson, I was, Clemson's not going to play. No, if they if they beat Miami, Miami. they're going to be the number one seed, and they're going to get that spot. Uh, it'll it'll come into play for Oklahoma that three or four seed. You know where yeah. do they have to travel, and they, it, it'll be interesting to see this play out. I was fired up because I don't love the system. I want eight teams. I hate the fact that it's a beauty contest, <laughs> and basically, to me, it's not a playoff. It's an invitational. Right. It is not a true playoff because what scenario would you say Alabama could lose their last game of the season and yet still advance? That to me is not a playoff. That is an invitational. So we should call it such. It's a sham to call it a playoff. 
I can't. I can't. I'm not going to argue with you. This is true. <laughs> right. like, I, what, what am I going to say to you? That's All, right. Because I'm right. Because you're right. The only <laughs> argue, The only pushback I have is Clemson ain't beating Miami, and Miami's going. Oh, win. here we go. <laughs> I just hope they play better than they did against Pitt. Me too, My goodness. Both. And North Carolina. Oh. And I mean, I could go down the list of other crap teams that they played bad against. I hope they keep it close. And I think if they do beat Clemson, they're in. I think the ACC champ is a lock. Then what do you do with Clemson as a loser? Two losses. Do you keep them in? Nah, no, they're done. Gotta go. They're done. Even though I think they should be considered because they are the best team in the country. All right, let's have some fun. Let's get some fun stuff. Uh, what do you got for us, Debo? Some picks and props? Tiger Woods officially back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Back to what? Hero World Challenge. Are you a hater? No, no, I love Tiger. Tiger's my guy. Like, I, I only watch, I only started golfing and watching because of Tiger. So I, All right. Yeah, I'm in. So he's going to be competing out in the Bahamas for the first time in 10 months, and there's a lot of hype around his return. So I figured we'd do a few picks and props okay. about his return. All right. Currently, Tiger is 33-1 to to win the tournament. Now, crossing sports, the Seahawks are close to the same odds to win the Super Bowl. Which bet are you more likely to make? Do I want to make money or just in root for something? Because <laughs> if I want to make money, I'm taking the Seahawks. All day. If I want to do something just to get invested, like I want to watch and be interested in it, I'm taking Tiger. But they're 33-1, to I think, is really... Those aren't long enough. Like Those it should be a hundred to one. Enough. There's have, only 18 players in the yeah, tournament. Small field. All right, another another nugget for you. Last year he led the field in birdies when he played in this same tournament. Now and he wasn't the same health, so he likes the course. You ever played Albany? Uh-uh. It's a tough track. Really? It's a, t- it's a link style course in the Bahamas. Uh, a lot, a lot of trouble to be in, and it, he plays it a lot. It's his, it's his like home away from home type of course. So, oh man! So now you're talking. I, me no, he's it? not going to win it. I take, the, I take the Seahawks too. I don't think like, <laughs> yeah. you can't come off of a off of a layoff like that. And, and if he and, does, it would. Lo- I hope he does. I would love to see it. Golf needs it. Like golf is taking a backseat, and you like to golf. I like to golf. Yeah. I like to watch golf, take a nap for the first hour, and then watch and the then last nine, there. the back nine. <laughs> but it is. Uh, I hope he comes back because it would be great for the sport all right will he withdraw from the tournament talking about his health it's plus 375 as a yes which means you got to bet 100 to win 375 minus 500 as a no so you bet 500 <laughs> just to win 100 i i take the i take the minus 500 he he cannot <laughs> withdraw from another tournament like his amount of withdrawals spot like you can't do it anymore as the biggest tiger fan there is admittedly if he withdraws from another damn event citing glutes not firing or <laughs> back locked up i'm off the bandwagon officially it's the smart money would be on that he withdraws. Right. Like that's the smart money is saying <laughs> he pulls out of the tournament. Right. But you got to find a way to finish, man. I'm with you because you can't. If he does, I think it's the end. And like, I think there are already people that say he should have retired. Right. Like he and there was and look, he has been through a lot. He's had his personal problems with his marriage, which is a while ago. He's had his his issues with you know the uh, the medicine, the pills that he was taking, where mm-hmm. he got arrested. That video's out there. He's had a ton of stuff going on. Where this is his last opportunity, I really feel like it is, and it's his event though. Like, yeah, and it's and you know I, I agree. And it's what I just said. Like, dude, I'm hanging on. Like through all of that stuff, I'm still here as a Tiger fan. Yeah. But if you withdraw from another event, yeah, like I have to. You're eh, jumping off. I'm out. All right, we're gonna get personal again with Tiger. Right. What's higher, the number of bogeys? In the first round for Tiger, with the number of drugs found in his system at the oh, time of his DUI. Oh, oh man, that's Debo. That's un, that's unacceptable. We gotta delete that from the pod. We can't be taking shots at Tiger like that. That's awful. Jesus, man, holy cow! That's just a young millennial, he, insensitive. He had five in him. Five. Jeez. He did. That's what they found. Man, what a, oh, number man. of bogeys. He, he uh, says he's getting. We in the first round. I'm gonna I'm gonna take. Uh, 
I'm going to take the number of drugs found in the system. I don't think he has five bogeys in his first round. I think he probably has a couple. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. I think he comes out. I think he, I think, I think he safely he can have four bogeys, but I don't think he's going to put up five bogeys. <laughs> Too far on that one? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like how you push the envelope, though. All right. What's higher here? This one's a little safer. Tiger's average round score or Bryce Love's first half rushing yards versus USC in the Pac-12 championship. Tiger Woods, a Stanford guy, tweeted about Bryce yeah, Love he did. last weekend. I tried to tweet back at him to try to see if he could get back at me. He didn't. Now he's definitely Still waiting not for a reply. Here's yeah, exactly. that last question. Hey, he might be a huge fan of but off the bench. <laughs> Tiger average round score or Bryce Love first half rushing yards against USC. All right, so just so you have some some context here, Bryce Love averaging 160 yard, uh, 168 yards a game. Wow. That's his average. But USC is probably one of his toughest opponents he's going to have to play. I think Tiger's first round score. Average score for the whole tournament. Oh, his average score for the entire tournament is probably going to be around 70. I'm going to go with Tiger's score is higher. Bryce Love had 160 against USC the first time Ooh. they played. Yeah. Total in the right, whole game. Right, right. You're saying first half. Uh, yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you, too. Are you with me around with 70? Yeah. Like, he'll be below par. Yeah. He'll get some birdies. And yeah, I don't well, know what's going to win the tournament. I, I, it's a great event, though. I got to play with Jimmy Walker over there in it, like, yeah. uh, like three years ago. Like, that place is phenomenal. This is like, a personal I, question. Is yeah. his wife smoking hot? Jimmy? Yeah. I didn't meet his wife. Because I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard anytime they do, like, yeah. who had the, the hottest golf. Or, no, there's a question, like, who married in over his head the yeah. most. Jimmy gets the- I think he wins that award every time. Does he? I need to, yeah. I, I didn't even, I don't even know what his wife looks like, but Jimmy's a, <laughs> Jimmy's a cool cat, though. Like, he's, yeah. yeah, he was, and dude. Well, like, then maybe that's why he does well with the ladies, man. That's why he was able to back a good one, you know? The way those dudes hit the ball, like I was on the range with them. Like I just put my put my sticks away. And just, <laughs> you like, were Just kind of backtrack off over the here. range. I was Let like, me I go on the side this. and shank a couple off to the left or right. <laughs> uh, speaking of, you got to play golf with Jimmy Walker. Yeah. Who would you want to play golf with? Top five. Go. Uh, golfers. Yeah. Anybody. Anybody uh, you could play golf. Tiger with. certainly. Like I would yeah. play with Tiger. Um, See, uh, I'd, I'd like to play around. Probably Denzel. I won't play around with Denzel. We, like dudes, or can I like? Does he play? I don't even know if he plays. No, I don't you know. Just if want he, to meet Denzel. I just meet Denzel. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, can I go? Can I throw females in there? Of, of but, course. Dude, We're, Michelle, I, Michelle, we like. I, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Like I'm like blushing right now. Big fan, <laughs> Michelle. Um, <laughs> you threw I, this one out during rehearsals, huh. but OJ. <laughs> No, I, <laughs> he did. He did say he would like to I golf with OJ. Top five, I, no, he didn't I, say I top play. five. So the reason I, I too, yeah, you could hit him up. Defend yourself. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a group here that that like that of of former athletes that plays every Tuesday. And if OJ was in the group, then I wouldn't mind being paired with OJ. But I don't think I'm going to seek OJ out to play around. All right, how so, many do I got? You got uh, two I more. think it would be a foursome though. We, Debo must not play much golf because he would have had a better question. Who would you have your ultimate foursome? You wouldn't say who are your five. People I just want to golf a new segment out here. Top five. All right, so let's do. Top five each Let's week, make it a foursome. I would say, as bad as his golf game is, yeah. I think he'd be fun to play with, Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah. And his, I think it'd be fun to make fun of his swing the right. entire time. I'm going to go with you and give one from the LPGA. I'd say Lexi Thompson. Okay. A huge fan of hers. Yeah. She's incredible at what she does. And then, gosh, it'd have to be, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Justin Thomas. My guy on Twitter comes okay. at me all the time. He's yeah. a Bama guy. Yeah. I think I could get in his head talking about Bama football wow. where I might be able to get some, wow. I might be able to take some money off Justin right. Thomas because like he'd it. be so, he'd be so flummoxed after the Bama <laughs> talk. Yeah. He'd be, he'd just be thrown <laughs> off his game. He's going to be flummoxed after next weekend. Yes. Sure. That would be mine. Any of those young, you know what ultimately I would love to do to be the fourth at Baker's Bay. 
when it's Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and Ricky Fowler. That would be, I would want to go on their spring break tour yeah. that they go in Baker's Bay. Let me be the fourth. You know what I've always wanted to do? I've always wanted to be like an honorary member of one of those Ryder Cup type of teams because they look like they get it. <laughs> well, they in. used MJ as the oh captain, my right? God, bro. We need to start a petition. They got now. all the wives there. It oh, looks yeah. like one big party. Absolutely. Like they're just getting, yeah. And then you get the little earpiece and you can yeah. be out there like, hey, on what a golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> who knows what they're talking about? They're probably planning like the after party. Where are we going to dinner tonight? Right. And they're acting like they're all dying into the match, I think we should start a petition. You could be the next honorary captain. Dude, start it. If, if MJ Roll got to do it. Do I have to tweet to do that? Do I have to get a Twitter yeah, account? Yeah, you probably do. I would probably <laughs> I'm help. out. Although we can get a hashtag going. All right, <laughs> let's do some topics real quick. Just one topic tonight. Right. This deals with fan interaction, something you've both dealt with. A video showed a young fan in a seemingly empty arena asking Steph Curry for an autograph. But Steph kind of has this blank look on his face, is looking past him. He doesn't end up signing the autograph, and he gets blasted on Twitter for it. The videos post it and it says Steph ain't shit, LOL. Steph's wife Aisha defended him on Twitter saying he was looking for a family member in a crowd, which you don't see on the video. So I ask you, what's the responsibility or mindset of an athlete when it comes to autographs? Go ahead. I was just going to say this looks really bad because it was a bar. Somebody compiled a video. I don't know if it's bar stool or somebody, but they had the kid and they had video of him with everybody on the yes. Warriors. Like he was yes. sitting down. They were all smiling, signing, yep. and he had the Steph Curry jersey, and that's the one he wanted. And then you had him out there, and it was a bad look. I'll say this, though, and I'm sure you've been in this situation, too. You kind of get in a zone, and you're so used to everybody yelling at your name. Hey, Steph, 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 and you just block it out. You just yep. kind of go in a zone. If he was out there, I believe Aisha, I believe his wife, he was probably looking in the crowd. And the little kid probably wasn't the only one calling his name. But the way the video was set up, it made him look really bad. I think Steph's a good dude. And I think this was uh, just bad optics, which weren't any part of his. There wasn't any fault of I, Steph Curry. I could not have said that better. I knew exactly what it was as soon as I saw the video. What happened was Steph Curry came off that court and he signed autographs. He signs autographs, right? Yeah. The kid wasn't in position to get one when he came off the court. Typically, when NBA players do that, they've done their requisite amount of autographs. They go back, they shower. Now you're coming out. And as soon as I saw him peering in the stands, I said he's looking for his family or whoever's at the game. Yeah. And right behind that kid, what you don't see in the video, are probably 40 other people just waiting for Steph to come over there and sign one autograph, and now he's back on the hook again. So you make it policy, right? If that kid's all by himself and there's nobody else in there, I know Steph. I know him. He was a rook when I was when I was in Golden State. He'd come over there and knock that out. Like, the, the video, everything was set up perfectly to make Steph look bad. Not that it was on purpose, but it just was terrible optics. Perfectly yeah. put. There's some Steph haters out there. The hate is real for Steph. I think it's a lot of jealousy. Oh, no, of course. All, all, like, look, Steph is a good dude. Like, we had an instance. Steph came off the court real early in the career, right? Like, and, and like, you know, things weren't going great in Golden State. I had just got traded there, and I went to give him dap when he came off the, the court. And he gave me, like, kind of like a backhand. Ooh. Like, kind of, like, put the hand out. And I, I had a brief, like, little conversation. Like, yo, man, like, I'm here to support you, bro. Like, I'm not playing, but I'm, you know, don't do me like that. But, after, like, we were cool. I never really had a beef with Steph. Steph is, I thought, was a good dude. Did great he apologize family. for that? Not really, but there was an understanding, right? Like, look, that's not the way we do it, man. He was a baby. Right. Um, a dad, Dell, great dude, brother, mom, sister. Like, they're a great family, bro. Get, get off Steph. Leave Steph be. Yeah, get off Steph. Let's get Steph on here. We'll talk about it anytime. We'll talk about that incident. Maybe we can we talk about some golf. Maker. Yeah, there maybe we should do that on the golf course. All right, that's a wrap for Off the Bench with uh, Canel and Bell. Thanks for checking us out. Make sure you go give us a follow at Canel and Bell. We're going to periscope a show once we get to 1,000 followers. We might have to bump that up because we're making a pretty good push at it. I think we uh, doubled our following yesterday. 570 now. 570 Boom. now. we got to get up to 
a thousand. We're right above the fake Raja Bell account. It's right there when you see it. Uh, we want to share some stuff. Debo's been leading that account. He's got some really good stuff out there from the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts. Everywhere else that you can find podcasts, we're basically on there. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, you can find us at Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and more. Check us out on Fridays. We're going to preview and pick some conference championship games. Huge weekend of college football. We'll have all your needs covered on Off the Bench with Canel and Bell.